Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Today, I am here with Paul Mumford, and he is a video marketing expert. We're going to be talking all about Facebook Lives, video for your brand. How do you show up on camera? How do you overcome those on-camera nerves? Because Paul knows what he's talking about. And so, Paul, um, I just want to give you a chance to introduce yourself to our Health Coach Nation audience and um, tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay. So uh, thanks, Haley, for inviting me on. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, I'm in the UK, as you can tell by the accent. Uh, so it's kind of uh, 9 p.m. here, uh, and uh, it's been chucking it down with rain all day. Uh, but um, it, it's good. It's much cooler here than it has been this week because it's been mighty hot this week. But then you know all about heat. If you're in the US, you're used to that. Uh, anyway, here's what I do. Um, I run a uh, video marketing agency. So not only do I make videos for other people, primarily for social media, so uh, Facebook and Instagram and a little bit of LinkedIn too, uh, but also I coach people how to do video. My background is in radio and TV. I did that for 12 years or so. Uh, then I set up my own business, uh, selling uh, selling video content, essentially, which led to uh, a book deal with Bloomsbury. You may have heard of them. They, they're Harry Potter's publisher in the, U in the UK. Um, so that made um, the, uh, the the video uh, product that I had online um, yeah, made it worldwide. So it did really, really well. Uh, and as a result of that, people started asking me if I could make videos for them. And to start with, I was like, no, nah, I'm all right, thanks. But uh, eventually, I buckled to pressure and I said yes, and uh, now that's what I do. Now I teach people how to make video, how to present on video, how to shoot with video, because if you're doing it yourself, perhaps with your smartphone, you're going to need to be uh, the videographer and the presenter at the same time. So, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I love it. So I think that there's a couple things I really want to dive in with you about today. And one is being um, how do you get – how do you what's the format or the magical formula and i'm sure there's not a magical formula but tips for making a video that's like for facebook and instagram and maybe you can decipher the difference between both that has a bigger chance of getting shares getting more likes getting on the discover page like just going viral like what the heck should we be thinking about if we just want to get a lot of views and traffic to our videos um, from our ideal client avatar Okay, there are a lot of different things that you can do uh, which will help in a massive way. Lots of big things, lots of little things. Uh, maybe I'll pick out a few that uh, mistakes that I see people making quite commonly uh, on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Primary one is the content's got to be strong. Uh, you're competing against a lot of other people uh, on Facebook and, and Instagram who are just flicking through that timeline. You've got to grab their attention super fast and be able to keep their attention. So the first three seconds are crucial. 
Those three seconds have got to be so good. You've got to flag up instantly what the video is about and what you want to get across to your audience uh, from the get go. Uh, so, yeah, no muck about with that. You've got to really grab them by the short and curlies and give them what they need right there and then. So they go, oh, what's that? And they stop and look. So the second thing is, and this is really a really important mistake that a lot of people make and a much bigger subject. But in a nutshell, captions are really important. Around 80 percent of people watch video on social media with the sound off. Uh, so if you, your video doesn't make as much sense without sound as it does with sound, then people are just going to keep on scrolling. Uh, with Facebook, there is a way that you can add captions once you've uploaded the video to Facebook. Uh, but the, um, the, the engine that sort of creates those captions can be a little bit hit and miss. Essentially, the way it works is it scrolls through your video and then it makes a best guess at what you've said, often with quite hilarious consequences. Uh, so you have to go through and edit that. And the editing process can, is, is really, really iffy. It's not not the best. Instagram, for some reason, don't have um, that kind of system. They don't allow you to put um, put uh, captions on a video in channel. You've got to do it outside channel. There are apps that will do it. Some are better than others. Uh, and there are other ways you can do it. Uh, the way I favor to do it is to actually burn the captions in the video. So when I'm making the video and doing the editing, then that's where I'll put the video, put the captions for Instagram. Uh, because you know, I know they're there. I can stylize them. I can make them look as clear as I want to. And they really stand out. That was two things, right? So third thing. Um, yeah, format's really important. Now, when you're uh, when you're shooting for um, Instagram Live uh, or IGTV, uh, because Instagram is built primarily for a smartphone, you can afford to have your phone uh, in portrait in landscape in portrait view rather. So that means you're holding it like a phone with the long edges down the side and the short edges along the top. Uh, but if you're doing a video for uh, a general Facebook post or LinkedIn or to go on your Instagram timeline. If you did it that way, you'd get a lot of gray stuff either side if you're looking at it on an iPad or on a desktop. Uh, so you need to be able to um, get the best of both worlds. And the best way to do that is to film it in landscape, which is 69 by nine, long at the top and long down the bottom. Uh, and then you can crop it into square. And uh, most apps that are on uh, on your smartphone for video editing will allow you to crop that to square pretty instantly. And the reason why that's important is because it takes up the maximum amount of real estate on a phone and on a desktop and on an iPad. So it's like a compromise between all three and you get the biggest screen area uh, for all three formats at the same time and therefore you get noticed more. Um, uh, how, how was that? Was that asked the question? Yeah, I love it. So I'm taking show notes over here. And guys, give us a like if you're watching live with us. Feel free to post any questions about videos in the chat. And what I heard you say was, number one, you want to grab and keep their attention with solid content. The first three matters matter the most. So aka all my friends out there, and I used to do this, and I still sometimes do it, who come on and say, hey guys, hopping on, how's the day going? We'll wait till we get a couple people on. No, no, little hippo, okay? <laughs> so I'm gonna kind of just pick up on one thing yeah. there that you yeah. mentioned, which is, is a real bugbear of mine, mm -hmm. and there's a reason, real good reason why it can get a little bit annoying. Mm -hmm. um, 
when you're addressing someone on a Facebook video or a social media video, there's a fairly high chance the person who's going to be watching that video at the other end is going to be on their own. Uh, consuming video on, on cons and looking at social media is a pretty solitary and a very, very personal connection. Uh, so therefore, I find it much more of a it gets it makes much a bigger connection and a much more profound connection if you address one person rather than lots of people and you hear a lot of people and see a lot of people on video will start with like you said hi guys but there's a fair chance that your your viewer is going to be on their own at the other end yeah you want thousands of people to watch the video but they're only really going to be watching it one at a time so much like my background which is radio we always were taught when we when we did radio presenting and tv presenting it's a one-to-one -one connection, so a one-to-one -one conversation. Uh, so therefore, talk directly to one person rather than try and talk to everyone at the same time. That is such a valuable tip, and I learned something because I usually am all about the guys. Hey, guys, what's up, peeps, right? So I'm really glad you said that. Um, but the other thing is when it comes to um, – the, the rest of what you were saying, add captions to your video, so subtitles. And one tool I really like, but you know, it is interesting because like you said, when, when you're transcribing or when they're putting the captions on, sometimes they, they automatically do it, but they get the wrong words because it sounds like something else. But I do like ClickScribe, ClipScribe um, as a tool that I use. It's like $10 a month and it adds subtitles. However, sometimes those subtitles are off, but it's, it's just what I found and what I'm using right now, and it's better than nothing, right? So you gotta find something. And then the other thing is shoot videos in landscape, as you said, so holding your phone horizontally. Um, but not you can't do that for Instagram stories, right? Because, tell us more about that. Uh, well, yeah, Instagram is, I'm just thinking about, let, let's just say you're in the scenario where you want to post on multiple channels. Let's say your audience is on Facebook. Typically, your audience is, if you're going to post on Facebook, you may just as well post on Instagram as well. And maybe you might be doing some stuff on LinkedIn too. So uh, in order to post on all three at the same time, you don't want to be making three videos and shooting them three different times. You want to be just doing one and pushing it out to all three channels, perhaps maybe if you want to do perhaps a longer video on Facebook because you get more time and LinkedIn, uh, and perhaps if you're on if you're in the timeline on Instagram, you only get 60 seconds. So here's what I do, which saves a lot of time. If I've got one video to make and one message to get out on all three channels, I might record uh, a longer video, uh, which will go out on LinkedIn and uh, and Instagram and Facebook rather, and then edit it for Instagram um, or. And, and then the other option is if you wanted to do something that would go into IGTV, so therefore you get more time, really in order for that to work properly, you've got to start shooting the other way. So it really is a choice on where your audience live and how they consume your, uh, your, your content. If your audience are more likely to consume IGTV, then shoot it the other way around and just concentrate on IGTV. I don't know whether you think about this, Helia. I think we've, yeah. we've had this kind of a conversation in the past that people can feel like they need to post content everywhere and sort of splattergun it in all different directions, where actually you're probably better off picking maybe one or two channels and focusing your attention there, making that good and having a good communication with your audience 
on those one, two platforms rather than trying to spread yourself thin in all different directions and have to do lots of different videos in lots of different formats? Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. So if you want to repurpose your content, go for landscape, do it on your phone, and then you have more room for making it universal everywhere easily, more easily. And I agree that also you don't need to be everywhere all at once if it's going to stop you from consistency in one place or two places for your brand. Um, so that said, okay, we, we nail our content. We have this great video. What's a time length? And maybe it's different for different platforms, but do you happen to know, like, what are some stats around time length or what, what do you recommend for how long should our videos be? Um, that depends on a few things. So it depends on what you're talking about and what your subject matter is. Like, for instance, um, I've made quite a lot of cookery videos in the past and you can hold people's attention for longer with a cookery video because there's a reveal at the end. Uh, yeah, they want to wait to see what the product looks like when you've made it. Uh, so you've got a better chance of holding on to your audience. And ultimately, your goal is for people to watch your video from start to end. Uh, so depends on how it, the second part of that is depending on how experienced you are. If you're really good at making a video and you can hold people's attention for more than 60 seconds, maybe two, three minutes, then sure, make a two, three minute video. But if you're new to the game and you've not done it before, I would say better to start shorter because you've got a better chance of holding your audience's hand through the whole thing. Um, if you're not that confident or not yet that experienced at presenting um, and, and getting your message across in a concise way. Does that, does that answer your question or have I gone off on a tangent there? No, no, it makes total sense. So the rule is there's not really rules, but typically people have short attention spans. If you can hold their attention with some kind of cool hook until the end and so you can thoroughly explain something, that is a good strategy to use is really giving something to look forward to till the end. And if you're new to video, maybe just keep it as concise as possible, get your message out and get off because, um, you know, it takes some time to get to the skill set where you can hold somebody's attention for a long time. Is yeah, but don't don't make it long for long's sake, if that yeah. makes sense. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if you can get your message across and say what you need to say in 60 seconds, then do it in 60 seconds. Um, I make a big habit of uh, making a lot of my videos 60 seconds in length full stop, uh, the ones I do for, for myself rather than for clients. And therefore, uh, I can then post it out on all the, on the, on the three, my three main channels and I don't have to edit it any, any length. It's perfect for Instagram, Facebook. And, and if I can get my message across in 60 seconds, then, you know, I've, I've, I've captured people's attention for 60 seconds and that's pretty much all, all there is. Um, but obviously then if you've got a longer thing to explain or like I said before, something that has a big reveal at the end, then you're, you've got a better chance of holding on to your audience for longer. The other thing to bear in mind with videos is with Instagram, they, if it's on timeline, they know they're going to get 60 seconds. Um, if it's on YouTube, for instance, when, as soon as you press play, you know how long that video is going to be. So if you're boring from the outset and you see on that timeline that you've got like four minutes of boring video to watch, people are going to head off somewhere else and go and look at kitten videos and something. Uh, so the best bet is to um, really, like I said before, hit them with a short, uh, grab them by the short and curlies at the beginning. So um, if, if you've got a four minute video, then people are compelled to watch the whole lot because they're compelled from the start.
Yes. Okay. So that makes total sense. And when somebody um, is watching your video, I think you just nailed something. Don't be boring. And that brings me to video voice, which is something that I think some people um, really, when they, I know this because I worked with clients and I've helped clients with their social media before. And it's funny because I'll talk to them in a meeting or in person and they're like, yeah, like, woo, they're, they're super um, normal, right? And then as soon as the camera goes on, it's like, hello, everyone. My name is <laughs> their voice. They change. They're not the same person, okay? So um, my question is, how do we get over those nerves? How do we not become a robot or a different person when the cameras come on? Great question. And the answer to that is don't be a presenter. So um, I don't know, Haley, pick your favorite. Who's your favorite or a, a big presenter uh, on, on TV that you watch uh, on a regular basis? I'm not quite sure who that would be in the presenter? States. I don't watch yeah. shows where people have to present. I watch real well, like, like an anchor, perhaps, you know, like on a, oh, on, a, okay. on, a on a late show, something like that. Um, I, I, you know, I don't even watch Jimmy Fallon. I like Jimmy okay, Fallon. Okay, yeah, good example. Jimmy Fallon. So if you met Jimmy Fallon in the street, there's a, I would almost, I've never met him, but there's a fairly big chance he is going to be exactly the same as the Jimmy Fallon you see on TV. Uh, so um, there's a there's a guy on UK TV, which you won't you won't have heard of called Andy Peters, who's on our breakfast TV station uh, every single morning. And he is you would look at look at him on TV and think there's no way you're like that in real life. But having met him a few times, I can guarantee you he is like that in real life. And the best presenters are just being themselves on camera. That's why we love them. That's why we're. Uh, yeah, we engage with them and we relate to them because they're just being themselves. We have a couple who do a morning show here in the UK, uh, Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. You may have heard of them, you may have not, but they are just being themselves on TV. They get on with each other like a house on fire and that comes across on the camera. You can see their, their connection with one another and they're very, very natural on screen. They muck around a little bit. They, you know, they fluff things up and, yeah, that's all part of their magic. And that's what makes them so popular. Um, so to answer your question, don't be a presenter. Be yourself. And that's what's going to make you unique as well, because we're all unique. We're all different people because we are just ourselves. Uh, and people will relate to you and will warm to you more if you're not trying to be someone you're not. Yeah. Okay. So me, being yourself, now I know so many people watching this and I have a particular person in mind. When, the, when you're looking in the lens, it's like, it just feels awkward. And it feels like, well, how do I be myself when I'm talking to myself, looking at myself in a camera? Um, so what would you say to like, how do we just be ourselves? Yeah, you're right. And um, yeah, this is a question I get asked a lot, which is, it's a great question. Um, because essentially right now, even though I'm talking to you, Haley, I'm just literally staring at my phone. And if you're not used to doing that, or if you haven't got a, a way to get around that, then you just feel a bit stupid, don't you? Um, and I can totally get that. Back when I started on, uh, I used to work on morning radio uh, on a big network in the UK. Uh, when I started doing it and I jumped in at the deep end, I was yeah, I was asked from cold almost if I fancy doing a breakfast show. And I thought, yeah, all right, I'll do that. I'll say yes to anything and then work out how to do it afterwards. Uh, but um, I, I had to get over the problem of 
communicating with a person that a i couldn't see and and b couldn't answer me back and when you haven't done that before that's very very difficult so the way i got around it and i i i was working with a few coaches morning show coaches who used to help me uh to put the show together and one of them suggested why not bring one of the sales guys or the news guys into the studio if you're putting together a, a bit on radio or a, a link that has to be a little bit compelling and you need to properly engage with your listener, then bring someone in and deliver deliver it to them. So you're actually delivering it to a real person. But at the same time, it's not the person that's in the studio with you. So I gave it a go and it really does help because you can see that you've got the eye contact, you've got the actual person at the other end, and it just completely changes the way you you speak and the way you deliver and you're more emotive uh, and you're more like a real person obviously if you're in a situation like this and you're recording a video for social media um it's a little bit different but you can still employ the same tactic i always say to people that i coach that you're not talking to an inanimate object be it a camera or a smartphone you're, you're actually talking to the person at the other end of the camera. So if you're recording this video for YouTube, you're you're talking to the person that's going to be watching the video on YouTube at some point in the future. And if you've done your research and you know a little bit about your audience and you know who you're trying to communicate with, then you can almost picture that person in your mind. And like I'm sure you've coached with your clients in the past, Haley, that the um, understanding your audience is really a key point and it and it's so important here because and when i was on morning radio um i can't even remember her name now but the biggest station i worked for we had what you might call an avatar so we knew this person our, our ideal listener so our, every single piece of content that went out on the radio went to this one person she was in her mid-30s she lived in um uh, uh low rent uh, income uh, her husband was a, a blue collar worker. She had three kids. Um, I think her name was Vicky. Um, and we knew everything about her. Now, if you if you understand your audience to that degree, then you know the person that you're talking to. All you've got to do is picture them the other end of the camera, even if you have to put a photograph of them in front of you or have someone in front of you that can be that person. And then suddenly you become alive. You're not talking to an inanimate object. You can see the person that you're communicating with. That was a long answer, but hopefully that got across. Brilliant. No, I completely agree that it's a good idea to picture your ideal client in the camera lens. But I love, I've never heard this tip. Instead, and if you think about it, if you practice once with maybe the camera and a person, you know, um, it, then you just mimic the way you were with that because you know you've experienced it and it was recent and you just did it. I love that idea. And and the other thing is like if you I just thought of this like if you think about it, actors who have to work with a green screen, how awkward would that be? Like they're having to pretend that they're like you know falling off a cliff and really there's like a green screen, right? And so it's the same thing. You you have to practice and you have to kind of pretend. And so that's why I think so many people get tripped up is because it feels like I'm acting and it's fake. But the truth is, eventually, it's going to be seen by the ideal client you're picturing, just like you said. Um, it's just they're not there yet. And so that's why it's hard. Yeah. Just imagine you're just imagine you're leaving someone a voicemail. If you were leaving someone a voicemail on their phone who wasn't there, it's no different to doing that, really, is it? Apart from it's visual, they can't. 
reply uh, and they might not um, hear that. They won't hear that uh, uh, that voicemail in real time. They'll get it at some point in the future. But that doesn't mean that you suddenly start fluffing things up and losing your lines and getting embarrassed and feeling all awkward because you know there's a real person at the other end. You know the person at the other end. So if I left a voicemail message for you, Haley, I know you're going to pick it up at some point. So yeah, I, I I know you know what to say and you know how I might talk to you and you know how I might perhaps might make you laugh or something. But all that will go in the voicemail because I know you're going to get it at some point in the future. And this is really no different. You're leaving a voicemail for someone. Beautiful analogy. I love it. Awesome. So okay, so somebody's less nervous. They don't have the robot voice. And what about when it comes to the actual like choosing good. Quality. Now, I know this will depend on your niche and your ideal client avatar, but what do you suggest for somebody who's like, well, what, what should I post a video about? Like, what is, what's going to get the big, biggest bang for my, my investment of making this video? Um, what would you say? How, how do you come up with topics? Oh, that's a big question, um, Haley. But yeah, good question. And the, the key, as you know, too, Haley, with um, social media marketing and um, for content marketing is consistency. So there's no point putting a video out and then just sitting there twiddling your thumbs for a month uh, and waiting for it to happen uh, and doing nothing else in between. Um, you've got to be consistent. And that might just be once a week. That might be twice a week or three times a week, depending on lots of different things, like you know, how much time you've got to spend on it, who your audience is, what your yeah, what your audience is expecting from you, whole manner of different things. Um, so as far as coming up with content is concerned, um, obviously, the more content you've got to deliver, the more content you've got to come up with. And suddenly that can become really daunting. There are lots of really good ways uh, that you can come up with lots of different content. And the more, the more you sort of have uh, in the back of your head, um, the idea that you're thinking about things for videos, the easier, funnily enough, it becomes to come up with ideas because it's a bit like, have you heard that you've heard of the law of attraction, right? So yeah. the, the law of attraction is, let's just say so for argument's sake, this is briefly how it works. Um, you kind of, what you think about is what you can uh, manifest. And I know that sounds a little bit, a bit kooky, but essentially the way that works is if for instance, so just say for instance, you wanted to buy a red mini. Um, and then you've you've made the decision you want to buy a red mini. You've perhaps seen it in the showroom. You know what it looks like. You've perhaps sat in it or driven it. And it's like a three weeks away before you actually have the money to pay for the mini. Why is it bizarrely suddenly on every street you see red minis everywhere? It's because your brain is in tune to thinking about the red minis. The red minis are in your head. And it's not that there are more around. It's just that you notice them more. And that's the same with video content. When you know that you're making videos and you've got to make one a week, because it's all in the back of your head, you will find content because you're tuned to looking for it, because you're thinking in that wavelength. Um, there are lots of different things you can um, you can you can pin content on, if you like, or pin your ideas on. But really, it just depends on what your subject matter is. Uh, from my perspective, uh, let's give you a good example here. So. Um, when I'm posting com content for my uh, video marketing company to market my video marketing company, so that's PM2 Media, then I will think about, for instance, the questions you've asked me here, right here. So I'll make a note of those because they're great questions and they're questions that I get asked all the time. And if you're asking them, Haley, there's a big chance that a lot of you, my audience are asking them too. So 
uh, if you've asked me a half a dozen questions, uh, then that's half a dozen videos in the bag before we've even started. Um, and also, I might get people ask me questions on the on the fly, or I might butt up against problems that I've got to come across, or there might be a new piece of equipment, like a new tripod that I think perhaps other video makers might be interested in, uh, or I might have got a new piece of kit and I want to share it and show it off and say, look at this, this is fantastic because it does X, Y, Z, those kind of things. So suddenly I've got 10, 12 ideas which just, just come off the back of my head. And the other great thing with videos as well on social media is don't be afraid to recycle. Um, so if you put a video out a year ago um, and it might be about a subject that suddenly becomes topical again, there's no reason why you can't go back and reshoot it or just reuse the same video. As long as it's timeless, then you, you've got content that you can reuse. Yes, 100%. Okay, so I'm making a note here. Make your videos timeless sometimes because here's the thing. Sometimes people will go live and they'll be like, happy Monday, it's Monday and it's Christmas time. And it's a great content. And then they go into their content and whatever, but they already said it was Monday and Christmas time. So if they ever reuse it, it's gonna be a struggle, right? I mean, not a struggle, it's just gonna be kind of awkward um, if they share it on a Wednesday, two years later. So that's one thing to think about is make your videos timeless. And I love that you said, don't be afraid to recycle old videos because, and I will. I also will say exactly what you said. The fact that the questions you get, that's fantastic content for you to create. And I never, I don't think I'll ever run out of content ideas. Sometimes I get stuck or I don't feel like making the content. But with the amount of questions, because, for example, um, I, have, I have a constant stream of what I should post content on for a couple reasons. One is... Um, all of my private clients fill out welcome workbooks when they start working with me. And so those questions in there and statements and things that they say they struggle with and want to achieve, that gives me a constant idea of what my actual ideal client wants and wants to hear about. And so that's great. The second thing is I have application forms for my discovery calls where they have to share their struggles and goals. So that gives me a constant stream of content inspiration. And the third thing is my Facebook group where they have to answer what's what are you struggling with right now or what do you want to learn in this group? And so that gives me a constant thing. And then FAQs, like what questions you get in the DMs or whatever. So I think that if anyone if anyone comes to us anymore, Paul, with the excuse that I don't know what to post about, is that it, it, I highly recommend getting more places where you're communicating with your audience and you will never run out of ideas again. Would you agree? Yeah, we do a yeah, totally agree. I totally agree with that. We have a um we have a six week um video marketing course uh that we run uh through our website, which is all video based and it teaches you um you know about the basics of audience, um, you know, understanding your audience right the way through to um looking at analytics and understanding how your video performs through insights on Facebook and Instagram, etc. But we spend one week talking about content and how to come up with content with lots of different ways you can look for content. You can look at content in the news. And I'll tell you something, this is a really powerful one, right? And I've seen a couple of my uh, uh, my clients do this. Think about topical stuff. So if something's in the news that relates to whatever your niche is, sorry, I call it niche. You, you, I can say niche if it makes you feel less more comfortable. Uh, so yeah, so, we, um, so if you know what your niche is 
and there's something in the news that relates to your niche, then straight away you've got video. And obviously, because people are talking about that, it's viral con content potentially. It's certainly trending content. Uh, so, it, and that's perfect video content to put out as long as you're quick enough. Uh, and what we I've noticed some people do in the past is if they want a bit of media exposure, like on local TV or local radio or something, then they might share that video with you know their local radio uh, radio station and say look you know i've been talking about this on social media if you want to get a guest on to talk about this particular subject then here i am uh, uh yeah and that's how you start hitting a wider, wider audience uh, and get exposed in the media too i love it yes so being relevant and pitching yourself even if you make a solid video um or the topic is something you're an expert on i love it so also um when it comes to making viral videos, I'm just curious, what do you have an example of maybe a client's video you did or a video you did that got way more attention and views and um, feedback than you would have ever expected? And what was it? Oh, that's a good one. You've thrown that, thrown that at me. Uh, let me have a think one that's done better than I would have expected. Okay, here's a good example, right? So we were working for a company. Have you ever heard of a, uh, a product called Vibram Five Fingers? Yes. Yeah, cool, good, that's a good start. So for those of you who don't know what they are, uh, you're welcome to Google them after we finished here, uh, but they're, uh, they're a running shoe. Uh, but they're a running shoe that is uh, promotes um, uh, a freer way and a more barefoot way of, of running. So a more natural way of running. So anyway, we were working for a distributor of um, Vibram Five Fingers in the UK called Barefoot Junkie. And one of the ideas we came across to try and illustrate how um, how great the brand is and how people absolutely love the brand because that tends to work if you if you if you love vibram five fingers then you will shout about it from the rooftops because it is such an amazing product uh, and we have lots of uh, vibram have lots of uh, loyal followers and loyal fans who will quite willingly do that so we came up, came up with an idea for a video campaign to go and interview regular people who love vibram five fingers for one reason or another and we picked on a different subject matter for each uh, each video. We were around one of these a month. We did a long version, which would end up looking almost like a mini documentary, if you like, which would go onto the website. And then we'd do various crops and cuts for social media to drive people to the website. So they'd be able to see the whole thing there and a blog article uh, and all, the, all that kind of thing. So we had one guy that we interviewed who um, actually, we, I, we just, I just stumbled across him on LinkedIn, I think. I was looking for some people to interview who wear Vibram Five Fingers. Uh, and this guy uh, had gone out to Borneo uh, with, his, um, with his then girlfriend to uh, help the efforts to uh, rescue orangutan who have been displaced because of the, um, uh, the palm oil industry in, in Borneo. So he went out for a couple of weeks and he did some, you know, you know did some things to, you know, help the cause, if you like, worked in a, a, a like camp in Borneo. But all the while he was there, he wore his Vibram Five Fingers. So the video was all about his, how he loved wearing, he loves wearing his Vibrams every single day, but also how they particularly helped him and how they made him 
made life easier for him when he was walking through the jungle and you know and through all these horrible paths in the in, in the middle of borneo while he was working with the orangutan obviously there were lots of cute orangutan on the video which helps in a massive way uh but yeah that video did really well much better than we'd have expected because it basically it hit two touch points it hit the touch points for the video that for the people who liked vibrams but it also got a whole bunch of orangutan lovers at the same time uh so yeah that was one that kind of did really well for us. Yeah. What about one that you thought was going to do really well and actually didn't? Oh, do you know, I thought and you might ask that. <laughs> one that perhaps, you see, I think a lot of it is. A... Oh, uh oh, you went on mute. There we are. I'm here. <laughs> First rule of video, make sure your mic's on. Uh, so anyway, a lot of it is to do with timing. Uh, and if you get your timing wrong, then your video won't perform quite as well as you'd expect, as you, as you had expected. Um, and uh, you can find out by looking at the insights on um, Instagram and Facebook, you can find out when the bulk of your audience are on channel and looking at Facebook and Instagram. And that's the best time for you to post because they're more likely to see your content. In, in, in general terms, it gets a little bit comp more complicated than that. But in, in general terms, that's the best way to do it. So if you get your timing wrong, then a lot of people will miss the video. And there's been a few inst instances, certainly when um, we were getting our head around how, uh, how Facebook and Instagram worked, that we might have got that timing wrong. Or perhaps we were working with a new client and perhaps didn't quite understand how their audience worked yet. Uh, from our perspective, when we're, we're working with a new client for the first time, it can sometimes take, and I, I'm sure you'll agree with this, Haley. it can sometimes take a little bit of time just to get your head around how their audience works and how their audience behaves. Uh, and a lot of that is down to, you know, maybe what time they're, you know, they're looking at social media. What time is the best time to hit them with something new or to hit them with something old uh, or to hit them with something relevant? It's it's, it's, it really is all about the timing. And so I guess maybe this hasn't quite answered your question, but it kind of has in a roundabout way uh, is the fact that, you know, I think um, I think maybe some of the mistakes we've made in the past or perhaps mistakes I'd made in the past is perhaps not getting the timing right. Yes, that is some valuable insights. And it's so funny because I'm I'm the kind of person where uh, I get I, with social media, I'll be honest with you. I'm working on getting better systems for it, but I get a little lazy and I just want to post when I want to post and get it out there when I want to get it out there. And I know it is not the best strategy because why even bother if nobody's going to see it, right? Um, so any tips for uh, just making it easier to get your videos out there at the right time, um, things like that. Um, I will just put just something else that's just occurred to me on that last question, which I think is a really uh, important subject is on social media. People like to be social and Facebook and Instagram like you to be social. Right. So uh, they love posts that get responses and sort of spark up a conversation. And while you can do that really powerfully on Instagram with graphics and with photos and with text and stuff, you can also do it really well with video. Uh, but sometimes it takes a little time for your audience to get the message. Uh, so I'll give you a good example of that on, on my own. So as well as running the video company, uh, I'm a barefoot running coach, funnily enough. Uh, so I post um, uh, for my own channel things all the time. And one thing I do because uh, wellness and 
uh, and mental health is a very important aspect for me. One thing I do every Friday is I post a little message up and say, what are you grateful for this week? And I've been doing this every Friday for probably about maybe about six months now. When I started doing it for the first three or four weeks, I, if I got one response, I was lucky. But now that is my most popular post by far every week because I've been I've stuck at it. I've stuck my heels in and I go, no, I know this is going to work. People are going to respond. And uh, sure, surefire uh, they have. And I've, I've followed that kind of trend with some customers and some clients as well and done a similar thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, found found something that people can respond to and then stuck at it. And after a few weeks, people get the message and get the idea. Oh, I know. I, know, I can see what they want now. Uh, and then they, they start responding. And as a result of doing that, I've now forgotten what your question was. No, I'm glad you added that tip in to always um, try to create content that starts conversation. And also, it's always good if you have a consistent thing that you do regularly. Like, for example, I got on a really good track doing Tuesday Facebook Lives at 4.30 in my Facebook group and people would know about it and we'd come and, and do it at that time. Um, and same thing with the grateful question, it's the conversation starting question and being consistent with that over six months, you started to get real traction. So I think there's two lessons in that. My question was um, any tips or hacks when it comes to, I don't feel like, I, don't, I know I need to post it this time, but like it's really hard for me to get around to it or, or whatever. Just any tips to make things easier on us posters on social media? Oh, yeah. Well, you can schedule it. Uh, you can. You, you, uh, so normally. So at the moment, I'm looking after five accounts uh, for five different clients. And Monday, Tuesday are my scheduling days. Uh, um, while I think you might agree with me, I, you, you, you might have a, a different take on this, Haley. But I think if you do if you do schedule posts and nothing else, then uh, Facebook and Instagram can can sometimes think that's perhaps a little bit spammy. So it's nice to do some live stuff as well and live post at the same time. Uh, but you can certainly uh, schedule all your posts. Because I work predominantly in Facebook and Instagram, I use Creator Studio to do that. Uh, but if I'm posting to LinkedIn and doing scheduled posts to LinkedIn, there are things like Hootsuite, which will do that really well. And I'm sure, Haley, you know a few more. Is, it, is, is, that, is that the answer to the question you were looking for? I wasn't looking for any type of answer, but yeah, that, that works. Um, so use Hootsuite to schedule posts. I know there's Later for Instagram. It's like L-A-T-E-R-R. -R. I know there's Buffer. Um, so there's a couple different ones. And um, my other thing, I just, <laughs> I just want to go back. Grab, let's go back to the phrase. What was it? Grab them by the curlies. Grab, grab them by the short and curlies. <laughs> <laughs> short and curlies, guys. Okay. Um, Do you really need me to explain that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I like it. I think it's okay. Like cool. Cool. Great. Okay. Good. Yeah. You know <laughs> what it means, right? Good. <laughs> I just, it's a fun little phrase. Okay. Everyone. <laughs> an Australian or somebody like you in the UK and you guys have these fun little things that you guys say. <laughs> I just, it's one of my highlights. Okay. But yeah, anyway, write, that, write that down. You can save that and impress your friends. That's going to be my next video title. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. Okay. So we talked about um, how to get your video out there. We talked about how to structure your videos. Um, we talked about how do you decide what kinds of videos to post. Is there any questions you feel like I should be asking you when it comes to uh, thinking about our audience coaches who make videos? Any, any terrible things you see or th that I forgot to ask you that we should point out 
and try to prevent or share with our audience? Yeah, good question. I like that. And yes, there are a few things. So even though um, I said earlier on about captions being really important because the majority of people won't be listening, audio is really important too, because if someone likes your stuff enough and then decides to hit that mute button uh, and listen and your audio sounds absolutely abysmal, then, well, you've just shattered the dream right there. So you're not going to go any further. Uh, so you've got to uh, keep their expectation high and give them um, give them good quality throughout. And that's a lot easier to do than you might think. Uh, I mean, first off, you can shoot video quite happily on your smartphone. You don't need to spend you know, thousands of dollars on a, on, a, on a decent camera. You've got a smartphone in your pocket. That's great. However, it does have some drawbacks. First off, a lot of people tend to hold their camera or hold their phone while they're shooting video. And the reason why that's difficult is if you're shooting for a long time, for a start, your arm's going to ache and it's going to feel like it wants to drop off. And secondly, because your arm's out here at arm's length, you're going to start shaking and that's going to look really awful on the, uh, on the video too. So one thing you should definitely invest in is a tripod. And uh, one I can suggest, which is really, I can't show it to you because I'm, oh no, I can show it to you. Actually, where is it? Because I've got another one here. So this like, um, you, can, you can buy this off, off Amazon and it's probably about, I don't know, it's probably about $20 or something uh, in US money. And that's it. Your, your phone sits on a clamp on the top and then you've got a bendy scenario that you can wrap that around anything. So that gives you, that makes you hands free. So you don't have to hold the phone. The phone is nice and steady. It's not going to go anywhere. And you can start talking with your hands a little bit more and you've got both hands free. So that's the first thing. Oh, the other thing, the other advantage with that What's is uh, this one is uh, made by... Lamco. Um, there are lots of different makes yeah. available. L-A-M-C-O-U. I have another one, uh, which is made by a company, and I'm looking at it because it's on my uh, my phone's using it now. Uh, Yulanzi, U-L-A-N-Z-I, uh, uh, and they're both. Um, you do get what you you do get what you pay for with the flexible ones. So yeah, the cheap ones that you might get off a market stall or something, uh, they're going to break within five minutes. Uh, so yeah, you want something that's quite robust and Maybe it's got some metal parts in it rather than plastic parts and it won't let you down. Um, so, yeah, so that's the one one thing. And obviously that means that you can you can then get further than an arm's length away from your camera. And it gives you so many different options. You, yeah, the world's your oyster. The second thing is and this is kind of two essential bit of kits, that, bits of kit that you should be investing in. The second thing is a microphone. The reason being, and I, I actually explain, I can send you a clip. Actually, there's a video that uh, I've made which really clearly explains this. The the cam the microphone on your camera, uh, on your sorry, your microphone on your smartphone is designed for um, close communications. Is there? Yeah, it's there for making a phone call. So the further away from the phone you get, the less uh, decent audio quality you're going to get. And let's just say, for instance, you're recording in a big hall, which has got lots of echo and lots of ambient noise, then your voice is going to bounce all the way around the room before it gets to the phone. So you're going to become almost illegible. So you really need to get yourself a mic. Now, I'm just going to take my headphones off and I'll show you what, uh, what I'm going to get my little kit bag out here. Uh, this is one I suggest you get. And there they are. Right. This is called a Movo PM10. And you can plug this directly into your smartphone. Um, 
uh, and you obviously yeah if you've got an iphone you'll need one of those little lightning extension things that everybody loses you know the one thing thing i mean um and, and this is they call it the dongle they're called yes. the, that's the dongle yeah for to give it its official term it's the dongle uh, so this one clips onto your onto your top there uh, and then you can run that um to your phone you can get an extension lead on it uh and then you've got quality audio that's close to the source so you're not, if you're far away from the phone it's not going to sound pants um okay. uh, and and if you want to get really clever, what I do is I actually attach this to an old iPhone uh, to capture the audio. And when I edit, I sync the two together. Uh, so, yeah, I can literally be anywhere and I've got the other phone in my pocket. So and that. I think it's about it's less than 20 pounds. So what would that be? About $30. OK. And what uh, is that called? That's it's right. called it's called a Movo PM10. And again, you can pick that up on Amazon. PM10. And I think M O M O M O the M O V O. It's on the bag there. Look, and, and okay. I think I think we've got about four of these now. Um, and, okay. and that kind and that kind of money, if you break a cable or you drop it or you lose it, then it doesn't really matter too much. You can spend hundreds on one of these, by the way. But I mean, these are great. Yeah, we'll put this in the show notes, everybody. So if you're watching this or listening later, you can go to HaleyRow.com, go to the blogs page. Um, this will be there, and. Um, Probably we'll probably make the uh, the URL video hyphen confidence. That's just going to be my guess, and I'm going to make a note of that because um, I remember. I can share some. I can share some uh, uh, videos that I've made, which explains how that works. Um, yeah. And there are lots of other little things that are that, uh, that that will go along with that. But I think the most important ones are get a tripod and get a microphone. Yes, and. Um, the tripod I have from Amazon has a ring light attached to it, except the ring light fell out, but um, it's really cool. And it, it shrinks, it shrinks and becomes taller. It's, uh, I'll have to find what one this is too, but it's great. So awesome. Oh yeah, tips. that's great. Okay. Do you, yeah. do, do, would you, do you want me to talk about lighting briefly? Lighting? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, um, like the subject. So if the subject is you, like the subject. Uh, and you see a lot of videos where people are standing in front of windows. Um, and, you know, that really doesn't work because then um, the, lighter, the, the, the lightest part of the frame is what's outside. So, therefore, you end up being in darkness. Uh, so you want to be closing the curtains or facing a window. So if you don't want to buy a light, then face a really bright window on a sunny day or go outside where you've got the best light source there is. Then uh, straight away your lighting is fantastic. Um, now I'm cheating at the moment by uh, using the screen of my uh, desktop PC as my light source, um, and and I've got a white screen up on my lights on, on my PC, so it makes me nice and light and bright. So there are lots of cheats you can do without going and buying a light. The the one that you suggested, Haley, is great. Uh, the ring light because it surrounds the the phone. The phone sits in the middle of that. Uh, and that gives you a nice uniform light. But yeah, lighting's really important. So yeah, you look sexy. Yeah. Okay. But also at the same time, I want to remind everyone that I'd much rather have you start doing videos, even if you don't have perfect sound quality or mic yet, even if your tripod hasn't arrived in the mail yet, etc. Because I think some people let that 
excuse of, I don't have all my equipment yet, or it's not set up perfectly, stop them from even starting videos. And as you said, consistency is key. So I used to, with my podcast, have all the fancy equipment, the microphone, etc. And I found that um, a lot of times it, it, it just it took way too long to set up, even though I had it automatically set up. And the sometimes the mic would have issues and it would be glitchy and I'm not a tech person and I'm not a video expert. And I just found it actually was a barrier for me to actually do any content. And so I just was like, you know what? We're doing it this way. We're gonna edit it on iMovie later. We're doing it on Facebook Live and that's the podcast. And now my podcast is consistent. It has more listens, et cetera, because I'm actually doing it rather than being like waiting till my perfect equipment happens. That's a really, that's a really good point you've made there, Haley. Um, it's yeah, you know, a Ferrari doesn't make you a good driver. Uh, so you, you know, learn. You, you, by all means, learn by holding the phone in your hand. By all means, learn by using natural light, and by all means, learn by using the microphone on your phone. Um, uh, but if you want to buy a little bit of equipment, those are the great bits of kit you can buy. You can spend thousands on it and and go go to town. Uh, but the the, uh, the core skills that we talked about at the beginning uh, of the call here uh, are pretty much the same you know be being yourself and you know being personable and being friendly and uh yeah and, and being fun as well and being entertaining and you know just yeah you know, just enjoying enjoying what you're doing having people can if you're enjoying what you're doing people feed off that and they they you know they, they, you know, they feel that they get that um and, and that just takes practice so you just you're right Heli. just go out there and do it Love it. Well, Paul, I think you've shared some amazing tips with our audience today. This is a super tactical episode and um, you are very entertaining as well. I love talking to you. I got to be on your show where you asked me some very fun questions and um, I want to ask you one of your fun questions. I'm trying to remember what they were. Uh, can you give me the First, give me one or two of your questions you asked me so I can ask you. You're on mute, buddy. On mute. Oh, here we go again. Yeah, press the right button. It's my age. Uh, so, yeah, so um, th this gives me a good opportunity to, to give my podcast a quick plug if I can. Yes, please. Cool. All I'm right. To find you. Brilliant. Okay, it's called The Big Little Business Show, uh, and I co-present it with uh, Claire Horsley. And between us, uh, we talk to small businesses uh, and we, sp we speak to experts like Haley uh, and talk to them about subjects and about things that small businesses can use to help themselves grow. Uh, so, for instance, in Haley's episode, which will, uh, will air in a couple of weeks time, uh, we were talking about uh, closing a sale. Uh, we've got a lady on uh, this week. Uh, who's very, very good at making herself memorable. So we're talking about that this week. And next week we're talking. Who are we talking to next week? Oh, do you know, I can't remember who we're talking to next week. Um, anyway, it's really good. You listen. Uh, but anyway, big little business show. And we always end with a set of questions inspired by Inside the Actor Studio. This is what you're referring to, right? Um, so when Haley, uh, when Haley was on uh, our podcast, uh, we fired these questions at her. And um, would, is that what you want me to do? Just pick up one of those and answer one of those? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, uh, oh, cracky, I've got to remember they are now. Um, what's your favorite smell was one. What's my okay. favorite smell? Um, coffee. Oh, okay, right. Okay, so I have a coffee maker in my kitchen, uh, and I've actually, I love it so much. I'm now on to my third one, exactly the same model. 
but I've just worn them. I, I've just worn them out. I'm not a coffee addict, but got to start the day with a cup of coffee. I am. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So I set that coffee machine going. I get in the shower. And while I'm in the shower, I can smell the coffee. Favorite smell. There you go. Wow. Right there. Okay. Uh, awesome. People who are watching, put your favorite smell in the comments. And then the last question would be, um, so we already shared where they can find you. Is there anywhere else you want to connect with them or give your Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the way um, we're, I'm in lots of different places. Uh, Big Little Business Show on Instagram and on Facebook, or and on you can search it on LinkedIn and get that to get to the podcast. Uh, and if you want to come and feel free, if you want to come and bug me and ask me questions about uh, how to make videos, you want some help. If you're making a video and you'd like me to take a look at it, I'll be more than happy to do that. Uh, and it's PM2 Media is the company. Uh, and again, you just yeah, PM2 Media on Instagram or Facebook or your, or, or your favorite social media channel. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate you for coming on today. And this was a really fun interview. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Ooh, I like it. All right. <laughs> write, write it down. <laughs> yes. Grab them by the curlies. <laughs> Short and curlies. Curlies, okay, everyone? <laughs> Adios. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.